When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. News team, assemble! It's back and bigger than ever. It's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew. Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. It is the unofficial 40 podcast from Soonerscoop.com. We are a little undermanned today as uh, Josh McQuistion finally moving all his stuff from his rented mansion to his new mansion. Uh, and uh, so we've given him the day off. It's moving day. I could not be more sympathetic to moving day because it sucks. It's the worst. It's the worst. I mean, I think you guys remember the last time that I moved. I almost jumped off the Devon Tower. Yeah, it was not good. It was awful. It was absolutely terrible. I watched a guy yesterday. I'm I'm a big YouTube video watcher. I watched a guy move his. Uh, you like any uh, local sports people on YouTube here? Are there local sports people on YouTube? Well, I'd be surprised. There's one that comes that comes to mind. Don't watch it. Um. Anyway, I watched a guy move his workshop, and it looked like hell. <laughs> Why did you watch that? Wait. <laughs> Well, I'm trying that to seems get very niche. I'm trying to get ideas on how I want to set up my workshop, where I want to put the various tools, I what's gotcha. the best locations, and he was and it was it wasn't really applicable because he was moving from his garage into like a giant, you know, like a warehouse separate, you know, structure. It's like 30 by 40 or something, which I'll never know. Um but yeah, I mean just I probably because all my jointers and planers and table saws i'll never move i'm not moving that shit there's no way yes so, so the video helped you then well it helped me realize i'm never moving that's but i exactly. are, i think we already knew that because i've stated that many times this place better not burn down either because that'll be a pain in the ass too or so, get blown over in a tornado it is, oh boy, uh, that's just my fence. Every few years, i got to replace the whole fence. Uh, it is Bedlam Week, and I told Eddie this earlier. I do find Bedlam Week entertaining from a media standpoint because it is uh, yearly of, I feel like it's kind of jumping through hoops. I mean, we know what the result is most likely to be. I guess you could argue that, yes, it is normally a close game. I was joking with a couple of my OSU buddies earlier today, and it's like it, it's one of those games that it is bedlam and craziness until the fourth quarter when the clock hits zero zero, and usually Oklahoma wins. But I don't know. I I've tried to, and this is what you're getting at. I've tried to talk myself into thinking this is going to be a really competitive game this year. Isn't it more fun when bedlam is in Stillwater? Doesn't it just seem like it's more because it's uh, a bigger deal? I mean, I'm not trying to talk shit. 
it's a bigger deal to OSU fans than it is OU fans as a whole. Like it is until the Oklahoma loses the game, then I think it's a pretty big deal. Well, yeah, it's a huge deal. Then it, it's like a historic moment, right? Because it doesn't happen very often. Sure, but it's like a bigger deal to rip out their hearts. Yeah, I mean that's kind of when you're at their. their I don't want to say that's enjoyable because I'm really not that kind of person. But you know, when the game is over and you have cheerleaders trying to trip players and throwing, as I almost got decapitated in 2013. That was the year they were throwing water bottles. COVID survivor and a chicken leg survivor. Chicken parts of dead chicken that had been eaten. I mean, it was all over the the field. That was one of the. The players were like egging it on. Oh yeah, they ran straight over to the. And I was section. down there on the field, and I was like, "We're not safe here." I mean, because that was the game. Wasn't that the game where it was frozen? Yep, basically. Yep. Eleven a.m. Mm-hmm. And there were frozen water bottles, which is that is that happened at Lubbock. I mean, like water bottles have become the new thing in the last decade for people to throw. It's the only thing that they could probably can get their hands on in these stadiums these days. But they did it. They did it at Tech. When Baker beat them, the Patrick Mahomes Baker game. That's just tech. I, they might hand those out I mean, just, just, to, to, just throw. to throw. Yeah, that stuff might be just there for that purpose. There's been some really entertaining games though. Yeah, especially I agree. over the last decade. And you know, I would say that that 13 game just from a like what the hell just. I mean, people forget. Oh, you played qu- three quarterback. I guess OU fans don't forget, but and OSU fans probably don't Actually, forget either. If you but count the. Uh, who was the long snapper? Or Botham. not the long snapper, the the the, the, the holder. It was Botham, yeah, right? Botham. He played quarterback for a play. Yeah, it was a hell of a throw. Garrett Botham, yeah. <laughs> Grant's a listener. It was unbelievable. And then, you know, it, even to this day, I look back and that throw that Blake Bell had to Jalen Saunders in the back of the end zone. Perfect throw. I don't know if, if Baker or Kyler have thrown a better ball than that was. In that situation, yeah. Sure. And then obviously Justin Gilbert dropping the uh, dropping the ball. Mm-hmm. Kendall Thompson threw a pick in that game. I will say that both yep. Baker and Kyler have made better throws than that this year in the NFL. Yeah, probably so. Although Kyler, well, I don't know how Blake's much... never gotten the opportunity. The Cowboys need to give him an opportunity to be, get under center. Even with I Andy think Dalton, he's just back. happy to be able to play tight end. <laughs> probably so. He doesn't get they throw it to the eighty six guy all the time. Uh, but Schultz. no. I mean, yeah, I think that's right. Um, but no, I I mean, what a week just for, you know, Lincoln Riley really hasn't, I guess he's done all he can, which is kind of retweet and stuff like that. But uh, to have Kyler Murray be the darling of the NFL right now, which is kind of, it's a little, little, it's always a little, you know, precarious if you become the darling quarterback of the NFL because, you know, Aaron Rodgers has been that. And then he's kind of taking a step back. Just look at this year, Russell Wilson. Everybody was giving him the MVP after four games. Sure, and he's well, been I mean, bad the last two. You go out and win tomorrow night on Thursday night on Thursday night football with everybody watching. Yeah, and then you're right. in first place in the division, and you're really the. I, I mean, if and they're they're leading the division. They're two and zero, I think, in their division. They're the only team. Yep. They yeah, that's right. Yeah, Seattle and the Niners. That's crazy. I mean, he would probably. I he's he's put himself in position oh, to be in the MVP in the race MVP but the discussion yeah he's you the win, leader right you win now. Thursday night you really might be the leader like and then you become the guest picker on game on game day that's gonna be interesting that would be a good choice I think that that's probably who they go with I know that Did you see the uh, Cody Ford uh, conversation yeah. on the field after yeah. Yeah. like yeah. that is 
the thing that I don't know it's surprising about Kyler Murray, but it's refreshing is even though and he was here for three years, one sitting out waiting the transfer, which he wouldn't have to do in this day and age, uh, and then one behind Baker, and then one as a starter, and then surprisingly he was the first pick in the draft, and he was gone, and he you know he had to go, uh, but the way that he still embraces OU, it's really impressive. Like he's just such a he's such a cool guy. Yeah. Like you would think that like uh, where I went to college isn't that big doesn't of a really deal. matter. Yeah, but he really shows OU a lot of love still. I know for a fact that he still talks to a lot of the baseball guys, a lot of yeah. the like people inside the huh. baseball program. I think him and Skip are pretty tight. I know him and Ryan Gaines are pretty tight. Uh, it he he definitely has an affinity for Oklahoma. And I mean, he, I guess in the same way, he was teammates with all those guys. And I, I think a lot of people with Baker and Kyler, maybe not so much with uh, Baker, but maybe a little bit more with Kyler that like they think he was only there for a year and didn't really know a whole lot of people when it's kind of basically the opposite. I mean, yeah, he was there for two, almost two and a half two years. Full season, yeah. yeah. That's the Jalen Hurts story is he I don't think he has any affinity for OU. Yeah, everybody hates him. Yeah. <laughs> He's he hits up like other play like he told uh who was it he told a happy birthday yesterday or the other day. I think Caleb Williams is getting all the birthday love I don't know. today. Yeah. I don't he follow is. Jalen Hurts on any social media platform. Yeah, I, I do. I follow him still. I don't I don't have the hatred in my heart for Jalen Hurts that you guys have. Maybe. Well, he doesn't add anything to me now. There's there's no value to what what he's tweeting. I anymore. still follow Russell Westbrook. I like seeing what he's up to. Yeah, he's got cute kids. Yeah, he does. He I needs, like people he needs, with cute. He kids. needs a team. <laughs> it's not going to be Houston, I don't think. I'm Although s- I'm such a Houston. sick person, I love the uh, the meltdown from everywhere else. Yeah, I do too. Houston, they at least realize like. We either have both of them or we have nothing. So I, I think they'd rather just have both of them and not be championship contenders than they, have nothing. They need to bring him back and bring both of them back and just get real awkward and real weird. Well, they've already got rid of Covington. Yeah, you think Trevor Ariza is pumped about coming back to that situation? Oh, Probably not. God. <laughs> but yeah, like, I mean, Bedlam is just, it's a, it's a very exciting week within the state. I don't know how many people, like, I would love to, poll people outside of pause i would not poll poll yeah poll people just sounds weird we're not talking about strippers i'd like to right? know what no never mind i'd like to poll people and say like what they think of bedlam i i do think that is an interesting conversation because i think a lot of people outside of the state maybe don't realize how one-sided it's been over the last couple years or by couple i mean historically 115 times it's enough people should be proud on both sides that it's enough of a rivalry that espn game day would come sure as many times as they have which is just insane too that a they haven't been back since 2012 b this is the only the eighth time that they've ever been to norman yeah, it's just it, it, it's weird, and then on top of all that, it's the first night kickoff for a bedlam game during a pandemic. I just it it's hard to imagine that there's going to be so many firsts in a while. And it should be beautiful football weather. Should be. We'll see. I mean, we'll, there's some we'll rain, rain coming on Sunday. Yeah, hopefully that doesn't come in early. No doubt. 
but it, it's also going to be weird because you know, and they're they're kind of like trily trying to slowly kind of filter it out there. Like, yes, we're excited about game day, but you can't come. Yeah, like it's they kind of. It's almost like they didn't want to say or mention like fans can't come at first because then they denounce it and people would immediately shit on it and be like, well, why even have it then? Sure. Uh, well, you have it for TV, but yeah, it does suck that the fans can't be there. And it has been put out there that it's going to be inside the stadium Saturday morning. That makes sense. I saw that on a. And then story. they can move to a smaller stage for the evening. One of the uh, one of like the most news story things that always happens when game day or something like that happens on a campus is you turn on the news at four o'clock in the afternoon and they've sent a news reporter down to Norman to get reaction. Like, what do you think of college game day coming to Norman? And people are like, I, I don't know. Like, hey, I don't at least really care. Ask the players this week. That's true. Did that egg? Hey. Give give us one for for that. We didn't go that direction of questioning. Well, there were some people that asked them if they were full boomer sooner for the weekend, and that was as cringeworthy There's as you can get. There's been enough bad questions that that would not be the worst that had been asked. <laughs> I'm just saying right now. Yeah, no doubt I about mean, it's it. It's okay to go in an odd direction. I mean, sometimes it produces something good. Like I, you know, I think some people had a problem with like Lee Benson's question yesterday. I thought it was fine. I mean. It, in a roundabout way, he he wanted to ask Lincoln Riley, how how is your COVID numbers? And that's the other thing. You've had... Oh, I'm trying to debate whether I want to say anyone's name here. But you've had some people that within the span of 48 hours have both declared that the game is in trouble with COVID and, and the team, one of the teams is as healthy as they've been all season. And we've talked about it on the board, I don't want to... Pot. I don't want to give him credit on the pot. Or can't, you can't act like pot. it's not out there. I mean, you look at no. every, every time you get log on to Twitter, there's a game being well, just, canceled just, somewhere. Yeah, just look around the country. It was it was why I said in the first place they should just move this game up to last weekend. And then Spencer Rattler was hurt, and Tylen Wallace was hurt, and Austin like, Stogner was hurt. It's like, do you want to do that? Because I don't think that, like, I think it's very evident that I think Rattler would have played last weekend. Yes. I don't think Stogner would have no, played. No, he wouldn't. I, in fact, I, I know that he wouldn't have. I think from kind of what we're hearing, as we sit here now, Wednesday afternoon, we've talked to both Lincoln Riley, Alex Grinch, all the players. We do know that Ronnie Perkins, uh, Nick Benito, and Trey Nord will all play because they talked to the media today. Unless they come, you know, everybody could always test for it today or Friday. And then you're screwed, and then there's an outbreak. But as we sit here today, I don't know of any, I mean, we don't believe there's any type of you know, outbreak. We've heard some things right. here and there. Uh, I said, I think I said this on the board. We feel fairly sure that at least one defensive starter will be missing. But I don't, I, I'll say this. I, it's not going to be an edge rusher, I don't think. It could be debated starter. on if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Yes. And I if I that, mean that in the nicest way possible. If it comes to be that person. And we're going to continue people can checking. read into that. And everything we hear is very positive towards Austin Stogner playing now. He still has to get back to practice and, you know, not have soreness and, you know, all that stuff. Uh, but, you know, Lincoln Riley still remains very vocal. I, I listened to his coach's show last night. Very upset about the hit on Stogner and, and, and the way that those hits are not looked at by the officials. 
and I mean, he's got to be frustrated because he's he's had a lot of tight end problems, issues, injuries, whether it's concussions uh, or knees. Or remember Mark Andrews in that Ohio State game when they won? Yeah, he, he like missed mm-hmm. the entire second half from one of those hits. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it's kind of like one of those things too that like. I don't know how much he could do to help him, like to help that H-back or the tight end guy, but it seems like they put him in a really bad spot a lot. It's usually over the middle. Throwing, and throwing it's down usually, the seam. Yeah, yeah, it's like, I guess that's kind of what because, you have to... Because you're throwing the ball down the seam to a guy that's wide open, and you have a little guy coming after a big guy. What's he supposed to do? He's not going to go high. Got to go low, especially in today's yeah. game. You can't go high for no. targeting. <laughs> absolutely right, Bob. It, like... That's, I guess, if you're going to be so, and but, especially you know, if, in this if, conference where you get called for anything. If you're an offensive player, like now the, the thing over the last few years is the blindside block. Yeah. And remember the year that they played Florida Atlantic, they had just put that rule into place about blocking people from the side on screens. And, you know, uh, C.D. Lamb got called for targeting that one game by yep. just for blocking someone. So... Offensive players, like, they have so many things that they can't do. Is it that much to ask a defensive player that you can't chop out a guy's knees? I don't think Lincoln Riley's being irrational about that or too emotional. No. No, I don't think he is at all. I think it's something you can ask. Yeah. I don't know how that little guy is going to tackle Stogner. Sure. And that little guy could be Buki or Pat Fields if you switch the narrative around. They can't tackle anyways, Bob. I mean, God forbid an offensive player has an advantage because he's a physical free. <laughs> At one time in this sport, can they give the offense the advantage? I guess they all... That, never mind. That was the other way around. <laughs> right. COVID brain. COVID brain. <laughs> Well, I'm just, I mean, I'm glad we're in a good position where it looks like the game will most likely happen. Sure. Uh, OU, well, not, um, with everything else going around the country, uh, there was some football last night. It was Maction, I think. It was good to see the flurries in Maction. I love one that's just terribly cold and it looks awful to be at on a Tuesday night or a Wednesday night. Even as a videographer who uh, can't video well, anymore? Yeah, I mean, we've been canceled, but it, in a way, I guess I, I can shoot this weekend, so I can't bitch too much. But uh, I don't know. I like it. it. It brings a little bit of normalcy to the uh, the evening routine. I did think it was interesting, though, that Lincoln flat out said that Spencer Rattler's 100%. Like, that, he, when was the last right. time that he, like, came out and said something like that from an injury standpoint? So you think he's dead then? Like almost, like the way that you have to break. Said it, yes. <laughs> the way- oh, he's really hurt then. No, I mean, I, I think he's gonna be. He's good to go. It just, it was weird. I just don't think that they would have put him back in the game if it had been something serious. I mean, it was, it was a bruise. It was a hit pointer. And I, I think that there was something, and we've talked about this, you know, over the last couple of weeks. Just as far as I think Riley used that as an opportunity, knowing that he wasn't. Like knowing that his body wasn't going to fall apart and against the team that they were playing, that he could take advantage of it and almost use it as a, like, you're really going to rally behind this guy almost type thing. You know, I, I think for Spencer Rattler, and, you know, a lot is going to be made out leading up to this game Spencer Rattler versus Spencer Sanders. And Spencer Sanders, 
has had some turnover issues. Spencer Rattler early in the season had some turnover issues. But I, I don't think this is going to be like a coronation for Spencer Rattler. I think that, we not that he's going to revert. I'm not saying that, but he has played some really awful teams lately. And he has not faced a lot of adversity since that overtime win over Texas. And I do think that he took a leap and he got better uh, being able to go on the road to TCU, go on the road to Lubbock, and win those games and put up all the points, 62 points in two straight games. Like, that that's impressive. That says something. But this Oklahoma State defense is good. And they are going to get in his face. They are going to force him to make decisions. And you might be in a another one of these games where the momentum swings back and forth and Rattler has not been able to maintain momentum in those situations. Like, But now he's got Stevenson. He has Stevenson now. But at the same time, is, you know, would Stevenson have made that much of a difference at Iowa State? I don't know. Who knows? I think it would have made a difference in the Kansas State game. You probably don't have Seth they, McGowan yeah, out there. Yeah. First and goal at the five. Well, even having TCU, goal. even having TCU, TJ Pledger would have made a difference in the Kansas State game. I mean, that that offensive yep. line just wasn't playing well at that point in the season. Sure. And I think that that's why, you know, Bob, I was telling you that I, I think I don't want to say that I'm weary or cautious of Oklahoma going into this game, but I think that there's a lot of people that look at what they've done over the last three weeks and they think they figured everything out. Maybe they have to a certain extent. They've also played three of the worst teams in the conference. Yeah, can I tell you why things will be a little bit different? One player. I can give you one player. We can talk about Ramondre Stevenson, throw him back in my face. That's fine. I'll give it to you. Uh, no, I'm not saying about what we was just talking about. I'm saying there is one player on this team that will get exposed a little bit. And maybe you could say two players, one position, it's going to get exposed a little bit, and that's a left tackle. Mm -hmm. And you can't say that they've played teams in the last three games that could expose him. Hell, I don't think, I mean, other than Texas and Osai, they really have anybody that can expose anybody on the offensive line. And it's been weird that Swenson has like solidified himself as the starting guy. There's no longer a rotation with Harrison. It's been Swenson as the main starter in the entire way the last last couple of games. Yeah, and that that just I mean it worries you a little bit knowing what the likes of a Trace Ford can do off the edge. I mean, yeah. And if you can get pressure on Spencer Rattler, I think Kerry, that's kind of what you've hinted at just as far as how does how does Rattler handle that type of pressure because this is this is the best defense Oklahoma's played. The next two weeks for Oklahoma are obviously very important, but by far probably the two biggest tests of the year off, uh, for Oklahoma's offense. This becomes a game for Oklahoma. It's a close... Like, let's talk about the Big 12 for a second. I mean, I think we're starting to see who the top and the bottom are. I mean, we know Kansas is the bottom. We know Texas, is te Texas Tech is down there. Baylor's there. They lost the Tech. Baylor is, is down there. Uh, TCU is down there. And then I think it separates a little bit because I think, you know, Kansas State has two really good wins. Iowa State has one really good win. They, they 
play Texas this weekend? Next week. Next weekend. Next weekend. Yeah. Um, they have Kansas State. They oh yeah Sorry. they have Kansas State so yep. you're rooting for Iowa State by the way if you're scoring at home, uh, but Iowa State Oklahoma Oklahoma State Texas Kansas State like those are the real team those are all pretty similar teams so I don't think you can judge you know the Oklahoma's performances based on who they play like this is really going to tell us. If this team has gotten better, absolutely, absolutely, and I, I think that's why it's it's, and we kind of talked about it at the beginning, but like it's one of those like routines that you go through every bedlam. OSU could come in zero and nine in this game, and there's still this thought in your back of your brain, and like you look at the the point spreads and the way that Oklahoma State's played, they've played better when they're a bigger underdog, and it's insane to think about. And the four wins that they've had since two thousand. They were double-digit favorites, big double-digit favorites in three of those games. They were favored, obviously, in 2011. So it, it just, it, I don't know. I've tried to, like, for some reason, I go through this exercise where I try to talk myself into thinking that, um, you know, figuring out ways that Oklahoma State could win this game. And here I am again on Wednesday of Bedlam, trying to almost talk myself into thinking that OU's in some type of trouble. And I don't know why I go through this Every year, because if both teams play their best game, I think OU's the better football team. Just on defensive line versus their offense, right. Oklahoma sure. State offensive line alone. Sure. By the way, this game opened at ten; it's gone down to seven. Ooh, and it went down quick. That was on Monday. It went down to six and a half at one point on on Monday afternoon, which is, mm. I don't know. I mean, you can speculate all you want what that actually means. I, I really don't know what it means. It means people are putting a bunch of money on OSU. Which, right, but is that because... COVID and rain. Exactly. Those, those, like, are, those are the two. That's, that, that's what I'm going to go with. I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Well, it, but then you like, you, you know, you talk to your, your OU buddies or whoever, and they think they're going to win the game by three touchdowns. And I just, I, I don't know how to warn people. And I could end up looking like an idiot, and they, they end up doing winning by three touchdowns. It's just, I don't know. I'm not nervous by any means. It just, it always seems like this is like a rotation that you go in in Bedlam every year. And, Carrie, it's kind of like I told you before we started. It just doesn't, I, I understand OSU's terrible on the offensive line, and they should be taken advantage of with those two freshman guards, but it doesn't make sense why they're so bad with the players that they have. Am I just overrating Spencer Sanders and what he's, his inability to take that next well, step? Chuba Hubbard hasn't been great either. No, he hasn't. I but mean, is that all because of offensive but let me line? Look at, look at Oklahoma. When their offensive line wasn't good in the year, they looked bad as an offense. They couldn't run the ball. It was all on Spen Spencer Rattler's shoulders. Sure. And he didn't handle that pressure well. And Spencer Sanders is not a guy... You would rather run the ball equally to throwing it. And you would you would like you don't want him going out there throwing thirty five times a game. He's just he's proven that he's he can't be trusted yet in that situation. And that's the thing, like the way that this is a blowout is if Spencer Sanders comes out and com, you know, commits like yep. four turnovers or three turnovers in the first half. 
Really, four would be a disaster. <laughs> the crazy thing three, about it is, is in it. either Spencer that plays in this game could turn the ball over three, four times and a half. Yeah. You talk about trusting uh, guys to go out and do it. Like, can we just flat out say that we trust an Oklahoma secondary to be able to, like, say that say that they, they are able to figure out ways to get Sanders time in the pocket or outside of the pocket. Are you trusting Oklahoma secondary now? Depends on who's on Tylen Wallace. Is it Pat Fields <laughs> or is it Trey Brown? And how's OSU going to use Wallace to try to confuse him? You know, it's something, and it's too bad that Josh is moving. It's very inconsiderate. But it's one of those things that, like, it feels like Oklahoma State's tried to come out and run the ball against Oklahoma in past years, and I just don't see Gunny's that happening. just had some really weird He has. Games. And I think that's like why everybody the, talks about him the way that they do. The year when they never let Mason Rudolph throw the ball downfield when Oklahoma was just getting torched by everybody down the field. The 2016 game where they took a knee like at the 50 oh to go gosh. in the halftime. Yeah, that was weird. Doing anything. That's a, that, I think that's the moment that Oklahoma knew like they kind of got him. They got him right good, where they want him. There are two pretty good kickers in this game. Mm. I mean, I haven't sure. looked at the stats for Oklahoma State's kicker, but watch the games I've seen. He's kicked really well. He's missed a couple this year here and there. So is Burkage. I guess only one that really mattered. He did go, what, four games in a row with missing one? Mm-hmm. Although a lot, besides the Texas one, which was The bad. one was the a 54 been, at TCU. Yeah, the rest have been like 50 yards. One was a 50 yeah. Tough ass. Tough asks. I was yeah, I was going to say asks. Did you say tough ass? Tough acts. No, but and here's the other part of it. You know, Marvin Mims how much does he play a role in this game? Jaden Hazelwood coming back. I mean, it's his first real action because the Kansas game was just so-so. Uh I thought coming out of the Kansas game, one of the things that I liked hearing from Spencer Rattler. Alex Hell's 13 of 14 this year, by the way. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, one of the things I liked about Spencer Rattler coming out of that Kansas game was him showing disappointment for not being able to get Jaden Hazel with the ball more. Which shows me, okay, this kid knows who his best players are, and he's trying to get him the ball. So... If you've got Stogner, if you've got Theo Wees, if you've got Marvin Mims, if you've got Jaden Hazelwood, those are guys, and, and they have a really good secondary, they have to be able to get open. Because, like we said, OSU is going to bring pressure. They're going to get home at some points in this game. So, can you get open quickly enough, like Charleston Rambo? Are you going to run your routes correctly? Or are you going to run the route like you ran against Kansas that got intercepted because you just quit? Is it fair to ask a guy like a Jaden Hazelwood who's going to be playing in a second game of the year, like, big boy, you got to show up. To you got to be the guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I asked Bob that this morning. I mean, it, it just, it, it's. Or maybe, maybe Drake Stoops goes out and gets hot. Well, he might have seven touchdowns, but we know that going into every game. <laughs> The idolized college college football players. Hell yeah, that was awesome. That was an awesome quote last week. So, I mean, I'm curious to see, because against Iowa State, it didn't seem like 
the receivers were able to get open. And TCU was a game where they took a bunch of deep shots and it worked out for them, but the passing percentages were way down. Sure. And that's kind of the way that I told you guys last week I felt against Kansas. It's like, yeah, you scored 62 points, but I don't feel like it was a very pretty 62 at all. It was a very kind of blah 62. I guess that might be because Kansas is so goddamn bad, but... Yeah, it was a lot of turnovers, a lot of short fields. It's just kind of a weird... Like, you talk about Oklahoma's offensive line needing to play better, and I think that as much as we talk about the mismatch that Oklahoma's defensive line has against Oklahoma State's offensive line, I I think Oklahoma has a better offensive line than Oklahoma State's defensive line, but they haven't been just necessarily... They haven't thrown an A++ game out there this year by any means. They don't have a 30-yard rush. That's wild. 29 by Stevenson that last game for a touchdown. That was the longest rush. And I guess that kind of goes in line with my thinking of, like, is Ramondre Stevenson, does he mean that much to Oklahoma offensively? I, or is it just I a coincidence? Does. That, I think he I mean, I, I think he just makes them like as good as that offensive line is, he proves that they're good. Whereas true. like if you give him a hole, he's running through it and he's running through arm tackles. You can't always say that. Like Seth McGowan, he he dances around too much. He's not deliberate enough. He started being more deliberate. TJ Pledger, early on in the season, wasn't always I mean, he was also a guy that was just trying to cut it outside too much instead of just hitting the hole. Now he's he's hitting the hole. He's running hard. He's running through people. So he's but Ramondre Stevenson comes in the game. He's just a different type of player. He's just a man amongst boys. And it's it's helped out too that they've cleaned a lot of things up up front. I mean, obviously the penalties Especially are the down. Penalties, yeah. And I mean, this offense, any offense, shit, you can't do it at Hefner Middle School on a Tuesday, but first and 20 ain't working for anybody. We would have never done that. At but Hefner, you know what? The They've been able to pick up more of those. Yeah, against... But it's against TCU. It's against and Tech in Kansas and, and TCU. And <laughs> I, I will say this. I don't know if this bodes well for you or not. I don't I don't need any name calling. Uh, but Pat Jones is very upset at Bill Haston and I for basically drooling all over Mondre Stevenson. That might make you feel better. Is he uh, about how good he is? is has has Ramondre been labeled the? Uh, he's just another fucking guy. No, uh, but uh, you know, Cameron Rock and uh, Bill Hasten, they uh, got him as a first round draft pick, apparently. But I don't think he. I don't think he's just a guy. Pat is the king of just a guy, though. It's funny. I mean, I don't think he's a first rounder right now, but. Shit, you have another big game on a big stage like he's going to have the opportunity on Saturday night. I think that conversation of trying to talk him back, coming to, coming back to Norman next year is yeah. a little bit harder. Yeah. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. Yep. So Those you're saying root for an OU win intense. with a bad game for Ramondre Stevenson. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know, if, I don't know if they're good enough to be able to play with something like that. I think they just need to go out and win. By the way, uh, there is something interesting uh, in this game that uh, we are a part of. You you can be a part of as well. And that is the final score for OU. 
because our friends at Dead Soxy, uh, they're running a Bedlam Dead Soxy special just in time for the holidays. Uh, it's their special score sale at the conclusion of the OU and OSU game. Dead Soxy will match the percentage discount to the number of points the Sooners score. So if OU scores 62 if they points score again, 62 again, you will get 62% off your Dead Soxy order. And so it's not the margin, not the margin, not the margin. total points, total points okay. on offense. And the cool thing is this will run all the way through the conclusion until midnight on Monday, November 23rd. So the game's on the 21st. This deal will run until midnight on Monday night, the 23rd. Not a bad stocking stuffer. An easy stocking stuffer for a lot of people. If OU gets shut out, you got to pay full price. Yeah, that would be bad. That would be bad. But say they score 50, you get a stocking stuffer. And you don't have to worry about it, even if the CDC's already canceled your Thanksgiving and Christmas. Aren't those governments or uh, governors doing all of that? I don't think the CDC is canceling anything. I don't know. They just give out guidelines. Just visit deadsoxy.com, use the promo code BOOMER at checkout, and you'll you'll receive the score sale percentage. So once again, OU scores shit. Maybe they score 100 points? No. That would be interesting. (laughs) No. (laughs) But 60 62, which they've scored in the last two games, 62%. If they scored 100 points, I'm thinking Dead Sox, he would call us and say, yeah, can you erase that podcast real quick? I think that OGU fans would be so happy, they'd probably just buy them in full sell, unless Oklahoma <laughs> State scores 101. Um, wow. So, yeah, uh, I do believe, no matter what, if they don't get to 30, you could still get 30% off. It's the holidays. In fact, well, I'll... I'll Eddie, what's the 28-point record at now? Uh, 59 games. Jesus. That they've scored 28 points or more? 28 points or more. In, I believe, it, which is kind of interesting, Oklahoma State's held five of their last six opponents under 20 points. Yeah. Which something is going to have to break. Deadsexy.com. Yeah, go, uh, go visit the guys uh, after the game. Like we said, if OU scores 50, you get 50% off. If they score 42, you get 42% off. So take advantage of that. Great socks. Uh, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y. DeadSoxy.com. Great sponsor of the Unofficial 40 Podcast. So should be cool. A reason for me to sit at home and root for cheap socks because I won't be in the stadium, apparently, this week. You should, uh, you should just... Not happy about it. Parachute in. That'd be interesting the game ball i'm not doing that i like watching those guys i would definitely hit the goal post and get wrapped up in there and they'd have to get ladders and terrifying so one of the guys that uh, did the flyover last week or two weeks ago against kansas uh i saw the video they sent me the video and I mean, just watching something like that is terrifying. I can't imagine. Did actually. one hit the goalpost? No, 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 no. But they, they were flying over and they were sitting on the back of the, uh, the airplane or the uh, airplane, the helicopter. Oh, uh, like helicopter. The, the GoPro video. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I remember they had one uh, of the guys going into Michigan and they were like out of like a, I don't know if it's a C-130 or what they jumped out of, but they were really up there. I mean, it looked like a speck the stadium did. It was amazing. 
It's not my game. That's not what I'm about. To think <laughs> that you can be that high up and see something like that as a spec, and eventually you're going to be standing on the ground, that's just amazing to me. For Michigan fans, that was probably the most entertaining part of the night. God, that is, I mean, I cannot imagine if that were OU taking place. I mean, I guess I can't imagine. I did live through the John Blake era and this Howard Schnellenberger era. I mean, yes, but not either, but I mean, either of those guys aren't Jim Harbaugh. The thing about it is, like when, when OU had John Blake as a coach and even Howard Schnellenberger, like they might have had one or two or three players playing in the NFL. There are dozens of Michigan players that Jim Harbaugh coached playing in the, in the NFL. Like that program just fell off a cliff overnight. It's yeah, and Penn State too. I, I mean, they believe. don't have the NFL people, but Penn State, James Franklin, my God, I cannot believe that they're zero and four. I mean, I can believe it, but it's a sad state of affairs. They probably wish that they weren't playing. I mean, and you look at the SEC; it's not just a like COVID hasn't turned it. It's still pretty much the same teams. I mean, Florida's really good. They've gotten better throughout this. Alabama's the same team they've been. Now, LSU, we all knew they were going to fall off a cliff. And now they got all this Title IX stuff. I mean, that's another train wreck of a program. What a... I mean, the Big 12, you have to say Oklahoma State's been disappointing. If I were, if I were going to ask either of you guys, is Ed Orgeron the coach at LSU in, let's say, 24 months? They gave him that massive extension. 24 months? No. I mean, unless they find out some really damaging stuff. Sure. Which it sounds like the possibility is out there. Yes, I definitely that, think that's I, there. That's why 24 months, I think that'll be enough time to find what they need to find. I don't know. I mean, we, we talked about it last time. There doesn't seem... It seems like there was... Bob Bowlesby came out and talked about, you know, that he could see the playoff getting pushed back and then Bill Hancock kind of came out and pushed back against any kind of expansion and all that stuff. I still wonder, like, it's crazy to think OU has three games left plus a potential Big 12 championship. So you're looking at four more weeks of this. And the Pac-12 and the Big 10 getting through their stuff I just think the more you see the Pac-12 and the Big Ten rescheduling, like, it's kind of funny. It's like some people just woke up as cavemen, and they're like, oh, well, this isn't working. It hasn't worked in any sport except for the NBA. That's the only sport that didn't have problems because they were in a bubble. But the NFL is starting to see more cases. I think the Rams just had their first one. The Browns have had a smattering here and there. Uh, Tennessee had their problem. Like, everybody kind of goes through this. Yeah, I mean... It, it doesn't mean it's the end of the world. How many times have we had to have have this conversation? <laughs> every week. Because national journalists continue to stir this shit up. It's like they... Well, Go ahead, Bob. It, it makes you wonder what the heck the Big Ten, Pac-12 are doing in terms of their protocols. How far off are they from what they need to be doing? Like, they've had extra months to get ready for this, and they seemed even more unprepared for it now that the season's here than they would have had it been August or September. 
it, it seems like two things, and specifically with the Pac-12, it's like when something, when they had the outbreak in Tempe at Arizona State, which, duh, I mean, they had to have some type of breakdown for that many players to be infected at one time. Yes. Wasn't it like 20-something and yeah. then six coaches? Like, you just have what to not a, be caring. I think they had a false positive or a false negative or whatever. They've, they've had that at Stanford as well yeah. with, the, with the quarterback. But, I mean, the, the, the quarterback was he wasn't positive. They got a false right. positive. I think in Arizona State's case, they had a, a, some false negatives. They were actually positive. Okay. And so then they got on a plane together and it spread everywhere. And they've also ran into a bunch of bullshit with, like, county protocols, too. I mean, we, we saw Cal. I mean, everybody out there has. Yeah. As Gavin Newsom goes out to dinner with every other f***ing person in California. <laughs> what an asshole that guy is. Yeah, he had, what was it, a fundraising? Anyway, uh, here's what I want to, and I haven't read up, I haven't just really dove into this. I have watched probably more CNN than I ever have in my entire life. I didn't know Don Lemon was gay until last night. I think they, I think I knew that. See, I don't know a whole lot about... I know Anderson is. Uh, Chris Cuomo is not. Not Chris Cuomo's wife's hot. Yeah, she's very hot. I remember that picture that came out with his His naked brother's another asshole. His brother? Yeah. So every governor's an asshole. Eh. Some are assholes, some are idiots. Is he the governor or is he the... Yeah, he's the governor of New York. Mayor of New York. He's the governor of New York. Okay. So... What I don't understand is, okay, so when the vaccine comes out, it's available. It basically means that 95% of the people that take it will not get it. I have no idea. I'm not asking you. I'm asking Bob. I don't think that you would know. (laughs) I I don't have a clue. I'm not tracking it. I'm just staying in my own little bubble. Well, I mean, it matters to me because I want everybody back in the stadiums. I want sports to return as life as we. I want life to return as we know it. Oh, I mean, we're definitely back at square one. Just as far as like, I, you asked me today if there's going to be a college basketball season. I think there's going to be. I think it might be a little bit harder than football, though, in a way. More games. Yeah, more games, more traveling. Well, and just the simple fact, and Bob, you've talked to uh, Lawn about this. One guy gets it on a basketball team. Boom. You could take out an entire week of practice, and that's why I think like or two weeks. You've seen practice. Jeff Goodman, and you've seen guys reporting. There's been a lot of teams that have had to shut things down. Fortunately for Oklahoma, they didn't have to do that, did they, Bob? They just altered. They altered things and made it work. But yet they were hit with one positive COVID case, but they've made it work, and it wasn't detrimental enough to where it's going to affect the season opener next Wednesday. It's just been rearranging of practice times and who can be where, when, but they've, they've somehow, they've still made it work. I just, I, I don't know. I've, I've, I've gotten, because it's Bedlam week, I think this week, even more, I mean like, oh, you Texas, that was a tough week. Just, it, it, it hits you in the face that we're living like we're living but now Bedlam is here, and it seems like it's been forever, and we're still we're probably in a worse situation, actually. Yep. Uh, and you want to go see your family for Thanksgiving, uh, and it's just like, God, I'm just so sick of this. Yeah. I, I, just I think everybody's wanna, like that. I think, and I think it's just the people that are really into sports. Because, you know, the, the NBA draft is tonight, mm-hmm. and we've been talking a lot about 
you know, how the NBA stadiums are going to look like next year. And it's like, God, how much longer do we have to go with this reduced fan experience? And, like, I don't even care if the vaccine comes out and people still need to wear masks. I'm fine with that. So we can have everybody in a stadium. As soon as that vaccine hits the market, I will never be wearing a mask ever again. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I guess I, if I am forced to, I will be, but get, get a better mask. If they say, now. here's the better way to look at it. If they say, well, if you have 95% coverage, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Didn't intend to get that deep into it. I just, <laughs> I'm just letting the world know that I am sick of this shit. Yeah, it's awful. It's absolutely awful. Thank God that they've been able to get something of your football season in. And it's crazy to it's say that great. there's three, I mean, three games left. What we've got, what we've got, I'm not complaining about what we've had. I'm glad that they've been able to pull it off to this point. I hope that it completes, and I don't care if OU is in the playoff or not. By the way, how curious are you guys to see what kind of allowances the playoff committee makes when this you know when this first poll comes out like i think people how do you should, treat oh yeah. wisconsin how do you treat oklahoma if they win impressively over oklahoma state do you say well we have to we have to provide more um leniency toward teams that perform that performed poorly at the beginning of the season and like we're now looking at their last four games or something like that like it's an impossible ask like I think it could that they be all are, over the place. I think they are literally asking guys that usually don't do a good job to do an even better job in almost impossible circumstances. Or is it just going to be all SEC teams in the top four? <laughs> well, Notre Dame would be in there because Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Clemson, Alabama, Florida. I mean, be, that's it's probably got to be your your first four, right? It's going to be your blue bloods, like the, it, like it always he's is. Beat Florida though. Yeah, who's I mean, but Florida A&M will definitely be in there, Bob. Well, they beat Florida and they only lost to Bama. Sure. They're going to be ahead of Florida. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I I probably go with you on that, but it seems like most of the time with what makes sense, they go the opposite way. Well, what about Ohio State? Do you just leave out A and M and put Ohio State in there? Well, yeah, that's what's really going to happen. But if you're talking about your SUC world. What about Cincinnati? Yeah. What What about BYU? BYU, Cincinnati, be lurking. Yep. Wisconsin, Indiana. They're another yep. Big Ten team Cincinnati. that's 4-0 right now. They've at least played four games. And I we think, get to watch that since it's at 11. We get to see the Buckeyes and Hoosiers. Yeah, I don't think it's going to end well for Indiana. I do think Indiana's a decent football team, though. It, 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 it's, it's almost an impossible ask. It should make for... Uh, a, tw- a a fun Twitter conversation, though, because no matter what they say, people are going to be pissed. Shit, if I was at Oklahoma State, I'd I'd be pissed off right now. Say that they win on Saturday? Why yeah. shouldn't they be a one-loss team that gets in the conversation? And we know why. It's because the people don't think the Big 12 plays any good football right now. Which I kind of would argue against. I, I'm biased against it, but I mean, it's just bullshit the way that 
some of these teams get treated if they aren't OU or well, we're Texas. We're never going to find out because they're Gary Patterson no, was dead right. There's no uh, SEC, Big 12, Ohio State crossovers. The only mm-hmm. thing you have to go on is the rum-dums that everybody played, and Iowa State and Kansas State lost to their rum-dums. Yeah. Yep. Would the narrative be different if... I mean, I guess it wouldn't it, it wouldn't affect OU, but like if I if Iowa State and Kansas State would have won their non conference game, are we talking about something different right now? Is OSU in the Yeah, because it, it completely embarrassed the conference with the sure. national perception of this league when sure. that happened. That's fair. And you know what? That is fair. I guess when you put it like that, you and can't you can't the lose only... to Louisiana Lafayette and Arkansas State. Arkansas State. And that's State's the a only thing when you game. don't have the ability to compare leagues. That's the only thing you have to go on. You can't. You have to trust the results. I think they should and just. I think that's how the committee will do. I don't think there will be leniency they towards should, people. They should take the committee away and just let Heather Dinich do it. Just let her make every decision. <laughs> I am not supporting that. No, I don't want that. All right. Let Heather Dinich and Paul Feinbaum decide who's going to play for the college football playoff. Oh dear God. Shit, I'm, I'm sure Gavin Newsom has some ideas about who should play. He probably have UC, USC in there. You're developing hate love for Heather Dinich? Maybe a little bit. Ooh. I think that's it. I think I'm I might in love have a with, little I'm hate in love, love with Heather Dinich. I think I might have some hate love no, I don't think for that's, Heather Dinich. I don't think that's the case. Maybe I've just been inside too long. <laughs> it is amazing, though, that like you sit here with Oklahoma playing three games or with three games left and... I have no idea which way this thing's going to go. Like I, I I'd think, be worried about Baylor with how bad they are. Oh, just as far as like getting the game in. Yep. Because of COVID and stuff like that, they've been pretty good they since they had to shut it down. By now, I mean West Virginia is what you worry about. Coming up, yeah, sure. Bay, Baylor not caring because they they're so bad. But on the field, I, I the feel problem. Like, I mean, the problem is that the game that you worry about is the two week after game, which is West Virginia. Like, Halloween wasn't bad the week after. It was bad two weeks after. I mean, West Virginia's next week, though. Yeah, it's like, that's two days later. They're not December 5th? No. That's Baylor. Baylor's oh, December okay, 5th. yeah. Okay, so Baylor, yeah, that's the one to worry about. The ne- the yep. next two weeks will tell the tale of Oklahoma season. I mean, you go 2-0, and you're probably in the Big 12 championship. You go 1-1, one and one, you have a three-loss season, and the sky's falling. That's basically the two options that OU has right now. What if Iowa State and Kansas State can't play this weekend? <laughs> well, they play next weekend. <laughs> Are they off next weekend? No, they play next weekend. Oh, no, they play oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, they oh, play damn, before huh? OU. Yeah. I'm an idiot. My bad. What, 3 o'clock is when that game starts? I mean, they should be able to. They're not allowing fans at that one. When I saw that, I... I is that in in Ames? Yeah. It's oh. only family and uh, family and friends, I think, hmm. is how it was termed. Farmageddon. I didn't realize it gotten that bad in Iowa. Well, uh, look, we talked to Lincoln Riley. We talked to, as I said earlier, we talked to Alex Grinch. We talked to several players this week. Um, Bob, you've got a, a feature coming on uh, Spencer Rattler and Isaiah Thomas uh, through the rest of the week, along with uh, news and notes and various things like that. We'll continue to stay up to date on Austin Stogner's status, any uh, COVID-related issues. We do think there will be a minimal amount of issues 
but kind of like I would think it would be more like what happened when OU went to Tech when they didn't have two kind of key players and Delarian Turner Yell and Charleston Rambo, and then that was pretty much it. So I I think that they do enough to prevent contact tracing that it it you know even if guys do test positive they won't you know suffer a lot of contact tracing lincoln sounded confident monday i mean he, he said you know that the, he's been happy with how they've handled it like the, even before he was addressing the national scene he was addressing the lo, how the the program itself is handled and he sounds not at all worried about bedlam happening like he did missouri state that it was interesting today like a grave concern it was interesting today because several of the players wore masks when we interviewed yes. them and that's never happened before so it's i don't know if they were taking extra precautions or it was because there were i think maybe it was because we talked to nick benito and trey norwood was probably waiting in the same room is maybe why they did or they came up together or something it could like just that. be as simple as them Shit, they wear those things so often now. You might have just forgot. There was Perkins. Sometimes Mike will be like, "You can take that off." If Trey you Norwood want. didn't wear one, right. but Perkins and Benito did. Yes, Gr- Grinch and Grinch didn't Norwood wear one. Didn't, right. So yeah, I mean, all of that to come. I, I I don't think there's anything to panic about or worry about. I I certainly haven't got any indication that you know, it's gotten to a point where OU is going to have an issue playing this game. Uh. We do kind of think Austin Stogner's headed toward playing in this game, but Brayden Willis is another one to sort of be on the watch for. Feel confident, but no clear cut sign, except for Jeremiah Hall. Kind of looking like, am I supposed to talk about him? <laughs> but he was asked about it yesterday. Yeah, he got a little tricked into it. Like, hey, uh, if you guys are, are able to get Braden Willis back this week, uh, what would that mean for the offense? Uh, it, Jeremiah Hall kind of looked around like, uh, it would be great, but we don't know if we're getting him back. I, I think there's a good chance that he plays. And if Austin Stogner is limited, he could be somebody that really helps mm-hmm. you. Yeah, I, I mean, we've continually heard, though, that it was a bruise. It was something that he needed a couple, you know, two weeks to get over. And I think you'll see him out there on Saturday. Uh, how? Okay, so OU released their COVID report, and it's athletic department-wide. Uh, so it doesn't break down like football players. It just had 20 active cases in the athletic department. Uh, we know that the basketball had an outbreak. We talked about that a little bit earlier. But how extensive do you think that that was, Bob? It's it's tough to gauge because now when you start thinking about how things were in the Zoom session last Wednesday, none of the people were in the same room together. So it it's clear that they've worked on isolating them and, and trying to, you know, make sure that they cut it off at the knees before it really breaks out. But again, the 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 best sign you can have is that no one is worried about them playing next Wednesday. It's not like all these other schools where they pause activities and games are being canceled. They're they're ready to go for UTSA next Wednesday and if they are, then that means that they feel confident enough that all these players, or at least most of them, will have bounced back and will definitely be avail- available to play. You were on the way to the uh, Bajon Cortez signing last week when we talked to you, but just to kind of follow up, because I, don't, I guess we technically won't go U40 again until after the game, probably right before, but no, anyways, yeah, it'd be, it'd be the day it'd be, of the game. 
the day of, yeah. What What are your overall expectations, though, going into this season? With Mo Gibson being eligible, it's just that the ceiling's a lot different. And it just it feels like they're not top three in the conference, but you can make an argument for, for top five and that they belong in that upper half, kind of like how we just did with football, you know, who are your haves and your have-nots. I, I think they're, they're closer to being among that top group than they are to falling into that second tier group. And, and they've got, it feels like the, the nice blend of leadership with Brady Manick and Austin Reeves and Kirk Queth. And then the sophomores are to me going to tell the story. Davion Harmon, Victory Walkor, Jalen Hill. Those three have got to become the rivals 150 players that they were coming out of high school. If they play up to that level, everyone else will come up with them. And again, I, I think they're a tournament team easily, but I, I don't think gunning for like the eight to eight to 11 type of seed is the ceiling of where you, where you want to be. I think this team can be a lot more than that. And they've got a tough enough schedule to show once again, that if they bring it in December, that and no matter what happens in conference play, unless they fall off a cliff, they're still going to be around in March. Second weekend of the NCAA tournament, is that a realistic expectation with this group? Like, if you finish in the quote-unquote top half of the Big 12, I think it should be, right? Yeah, it, for sure. You know, it should be like you're in the round of 32 and maybe you're a six going against a three and having to win a game, one game that you're not supposed to. And if you figure with the grind of the Big 12 that that's what it prepares you for, to be able to do something like that. But, yeah, I'm... I'm I'm, again, I'm not saying you need to celebrate being a 10 seed going into the season. This team has a lot more potential than that, provided nothing with COVID, nothing with injuries. Just based on what they've got right now, this, this team should should be headed definitely toward round of 32. And then if you can get a break in into that second weekend. And this, about Sherry Cole's team, Gary? <laughs> <laughs> this will be – I'm just going to ignore you said that uh, – this might be the most watched tourney selection show in the history of tourney selection shows because it's going to be nuts. You talk about the college football playoff committee. They're going to have to seed teams that some played half the games of other teams. We just got a uh, Big 12 cancellation for this weekend, postponement. Oh. Don't tell me Iowa State. The rivalry State. game known as... Kansas, Texas, originally scheduled for November 21st, which is Saturday. Whose fault? Who's has fault? been postponed and rescheduled for December 12th. It doesn't say. The Big 12 released it. so I Must guess. be Texas, then. Mm. Huh. Uh, no, it Kansas? I'd put money on Kansas because, you know, they just don't give a shit. Yeah, I could see that. That that falls under the Bob theory of teams that just don't give a shit. Yep. And, I mean, that team, you know what they should do. Just give the win to Texas, even though I know that's a rivalry game for those in Austin. Yeah, Texas doesn't want to miss. Tom Herman doesn't want to miss that game. He needs that win. So now they get a bye week getting ready for the the Cyclones. Yep. Ooh. You know what's funny is we spent all this time figuring out ways, like who OU is going to play, what do they need, I think Bettner's throwing it out there. It would be very Big 12, very uh, almost on brand if it ended up OU Texas in the Big 12 title game, wouldn't it? 
God. The brakes all all fell their way. I mean, it, that, it, that's that, all they got to do. That, what if there this, is a possibility that that can happen? Their winning percentage is going to be screwed up now. I mean, it's going to be off from everybody else's. I don't know if that helps them or hurts them. If the Kansas... What if Kansas just says, uh, just everybody that plays us, just give them a win. We're done. I mean, you don't really have to... You know what they should do? Just take the twelve guy or the eleven guys that are available for Kansas. Have Texas fly eleven guys up there and just play like a <laughs> like a touch football game for four for hours. Charity. Yeah, I mean the the result would probably be the same. Just uh, yeah, I mean so you bad. could you could just do intramural teams. Kansas is so so bad. That's the worst offensive line I've, I've ever seen. Maybe in Big Twelve. It's like they weren't trying. And they didn't look terrible. Like, they had some defensive linemen. I was like, are you sure you're supposed to be here? And it, it was Kansas. They're the ones responsible? Yep. Les has lost control. He needs to get out of there. He needs to save his legacy. The little that there is. He's got too much left on his contract. Kansas ain't breaking that thing. Well, just tell him, give, They're me, not doing give me 500K a, and I'm moving out of here. They're not doing a Will Muschamp. He ain't paying fifteen million. I think he's got nine million left on his contract. By the time we start the post game pod Saturday night, at mm-hmm. whatever time that is, will we sit here and the first thing that we'll say is, "Yep, this Oklahoma defense checks out." It wasn't because they were playing Tech. It wasn't because they were playing a TCU will we team. Say that? Yeah, will we say that? It wasn't because they, they were well, playing not, a terrible Kansas football team. The problem is they're not playing a juggernaut on offense. So I, you're going to learn more about OU's offense than you are their defense, I think. Okay, I should have asked game. that then. Do we learn more about Oklahoma offensively or Oklahoma defensively? Definitely offensively. Okay. And not just, not just the, not just the that side of the ball, but a lot of individuals. We're going to learn a lot. We're going to learn about that offensive line. We're going to learn about Spencer Rattler in particular, and we're going to learn about a lot of receivers like. Marvin Mims, I think we'll learn that he's the real deal coming out of that game. Hmm. Now, who who has the surprise game? Is it Theo Weiss? I haven't heard from Theo Weiss in a couple weeks. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I know that he week. had he technically had his career day against Tech. Yeah, against Tech. It was only eighty-seven though. We well, had a hundred-yard game. Did he? What am I thinking of? Maybe I'm thinking of TCU. Yeah, yeah TCU was all Marvin Mims. Yeah. Well, I mean, Spencer Rattler only completed, it was eight, what, but it was 87 13 passes against, against uh, TCU? Yeah. Which is still kind of weird. I don't know. It, it, it's just a very, like, I guess it's kind of been this way every game with Oklahoma and the way that they started the season, but I feel like this is a game that you look at and you say, we're really going to learn a, a lot about this team. Like, I still think that Oklahoma State's a good football team. They are. They're. I mean, they're 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 a good football team in the same. I mean, they beat Iowa State. They're a good football team with an above average defense. And they saying didn't that have about Tylen Wallace against Kansas State, who knows if that would have made a difference? But sure. they they still pull it out. I mean, because their defense. So I mean, the pro their only problem right now is they don't know what they have in Spencer Sanders. They don't know if he. Hurts them as much as he helps them. He, can they be an elite offense with Spencer Sanders as a quarterback? That's what they don't know. 
I mean, he helped them beat Iowa State, but he also made some huge mistakes in that game. That their defense, their defense has been good enough to help them overcome that. Yeah, stuff. they're. I mean, the defense bailed them out in Manhattan multiple times. Yeah, multiple times. We're. I mean, yeah. I mean, we're going to learn a lot about OU's offense in this game. How for real are they? Yeah, I, I think that's a good way to put it, and uh, should be interesting. I do think Oklahoma wins. Oh, I do too. Should I? I should just, I give my game predict on the pod since I never do it on the site? Are you ready to do that on Wednesday of game week? No, no. I want to find out because I I do think that more. like I again I know so much. I I know about the history of this game. I know everything in the the mental exercise and gymnastics that you go through every bedlam week and trying to talk yourself into thinking that maybe this is going to be the year that OSU finds a way. I just I have trouble getting over that hump. And maybe that's just, I don't know, maybe that's just me being uh, pessimistic in a way. I don't know. You ever notice how sacred the Oklahoman Riders treat their game picks? Like, I think that's I don't think I've ever noticed. Oh, it's always a, like, when I hear, like, You know why I never notice? Because I try to buy a newspaper every morning at (laughs) OnCue, and it's never there! Really? They haven't delivered it in time. Is no. What you're well, you start your radio show, but six in the morning. I know, but should the paper not be at a gas station by five thirty? They print the damn thing at ten p.m., don't they? I can tell you, as someone that's done a morning show for God seven years now, um, I usually beat the Oklahoman to the station. Like some days when I would be pulling up, the Oklahoman delivery would be throwing the papers out. So. It's usually about 5 to 5.30 All right. for the first paper start being delivered. Maybe I'm wrong, but I will say, if you're going to take time, if it's going to be late, what I would consider late, at least put a couple more box scores in there. That's the old's take of the day. That is an old's take, box scores. I mean, if we're, if, if we're printing papers at 10 p.m., no, but I've always, said, there, I've always said predictions are stupid. If people really knew what was going on, they would live in Vegas, and then you would never hear from them because they wouldn't want to give out their prediction. They'd be the only ones that want to have it. So I understand that's tradition and paper. Aber, I'm not trying to rip on you. But like he and Trammell, whenever they're on the radio, they're always like, well, in this week's paper, I predicted. Nobody cares. <laughs> And they're so like, well, I can't change my score because I've already pre- given my prediction for the paper. I give out like four different predictions for the for one game every week. <laughs> I'm usually never right on any four of them. You would think by the it's by like the a end of it, ticket, yeah, yeah, you'd think by like the end of it, I would I would be able to hit one. And usually, you know what? When I do give predictions, I'm pretty close to being right on. But I can say that because no one can yeah, brag about it, prove me wrong because yeah. I never give predictions. I'm the worst at locks of the week. I'm not having a good year. I locked Kentucky on an emotional, uh, on their emotional roller coaster last week. They were like a 17 point favorite. They won by three because yeah, their Vanderbilt. coach died. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. That was weird. I I didn't even really know that that guy was sick. That was a sad story though. That was awful. I mean, just awful. I mean, the stuff that that guy battled through. Yeah. Yeah, that, who wrote that article on the Athletic? It was a really good read. Uh, Kyle. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about. Um, from uh, from Big Blue Nation. 
Used to be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he did a great job. Yeah, it was really good. All right. Uh, well, with Josh out, we'll... Unfortunately, I know. Sorry. I know we're going to take a beating for this on the board, but no recruiting section this week. I'm just blinding my eyes. I just won't read it. <laughs> That's what you do nowadays. If you don't like what you see, just don't read it. Or act like it never happened. I'm not going to go down that road. Uh, anyway, we'll be back again, Eddie and I, for the post-game podcast. Uh, I don't know, with it being as late as it is, that Bob will be able to join us. Uh, we're going to say Josh will probably be passed out either from whiskey or working all day, moving his house. And uh, we're looking forward to it. And remember, that dead Soxy special that's going to go on, however many o- points OU can score, that will be your discount uh, using our uh, original promo, Boomer at checkout at deadsoxy.com, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y. Uh, stay soxy. And we th- want to thank you guys for listening. We'll be back uh, for the Eskridge Lexus postgame podcast uh, right after, well, sometime after the game on Saturday night. It's Bedlam. It is ESPN's college game day. It's the biggest game in the country. And the Sooners are going to be in it. So a lot of excitement. Stay tuned to the website. We'll keep you updated on COVID, on Austin Stogner, on any other injuries as we get closer to the game. Eddie, you want to say something? I can tell. I was going to just ask real quick if they can get, if somehow somebody can sneak through digitally a sign referencing Horns Up for Peace or Scoop or the Crimson Corner, we should give out a prize. We'll figure it out. If you can do that, I will get you. A giant dead Soxy gift package. And I'll throw in a hundred bucks. Straight up. But it better say Sooner Scoop. I don't think they let that happen. Though. No, I think they're very like particular about it. I mean, shit, they've been very particular about everything that goes into that. Yeah. They throw a lot of signs away. Well, I think ever since... Try. Maybe just flood them with it. I think ever since they somebody got one in the pinkle, two in the stinkle... Uh, through the lines, they were like, we need to crack down on these things. Oh, I remember. I mean, that that happened way back in like 2012, wasn't it? Like even it before long that. Yeah. It was probably 07 yeah. when they were really good. Those were the best times when it was just the <laughs> wild, wild west out behind <laughs> uh, everybody was talking. Yeah. And then the internet came and freeze frame and, you know, screen oh, just shots, ruined everything. screen grabs. Ruined everything. Just like COVID parties. Videos. Sucks. Party's still fun. All right, uh, that's going to do it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you guys back here again next week on the next Unofficial 40 podcast from Soonerscoop.com.